It's Growing in Greatness radio show with host Gwendolyn Singletary. We want to be your source for reliable, relevant, and informative strategies that disrupt the norm and to help ambitious achievers grow in greatness. Don't miss it. Mondays at 6 p.m. right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Achievers grow in greatness. Greatness, 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 greatness. Hello, everyone. Thank you for being on the call today. Happy, happy Monday. I hope you have a wonderful day. And like I always say, it's the first day of the week to go out and be great. We have been discussing this month the things that are needed to be to help your company to be great and continue to be great. Uh, we talked about the mental aspect for the owner. We talked about the physical aspect of the owner. We talked about building effective and efficient teams. We talked about the financial piece in terms of having your taxes straight, having an accountant, that sort of thing. So we're going to end up this series with the legal aspect of it. And I'm so happy to have with me Kimberly Weber, who is an attorney, a business attorney, and has been practicing for over 30 years. Um, Kim, I know her. I've heard her speak. She is passionate about helping people understand the information, uh, know exactly what's going on, maintenance and planning to go forward. She's really, really big on planning. Um, Kim's experience covers all gamut of business from LLCs to corporations, which I love. I also love the fact that she also helps so much in some things people don't think about in terms of how the um, contracts to prepare contracts, how to she can analyze your contract, give you information, help you with the process. And something we all often think about is the succession plan in terms of when I give up this company, what I'm going to do with the company, what I'm going to leave it to, how do I do those kinds of things to ensure there's a smooth transition for my, my, my spouse or my children or whomever. So uh, I'm going to welcome on Kim Rayberg. Hello, Kim. How are you? Hi. Doing well. Thank you for having me today. Oh, thank you so much for being here. Um, I have been around Kim for a long period of time. And, you know, some people may often say things like, you know, when I'm starting a business, I got business going or I had a business going. We just went through COVID. I had a difficult time. And I just can't afford a lawyer, uh, an attorney. I can't afford that. Well, my posture is you can't afford not to have one. Um, law and the legal aspect is something that is difficult. And with you trying to juggle so many aspects in your business, you need to have someone that you have a relationship with and can help you with the legal aspects of it. So, Kim, with that being said, how about start us off by telling us some basic stuff that people need to think about, need to have in place, um, some thought processes in terms of starting your business or you have existing business, how they need to be utilizing and using their attorney. Perfect. Um, First, let me say, if y'all couldn't tell from my accent, I'm from South Carolina. So Mm -hmm. a lot of what I will say pertains to South Carolina because I'm only licensed to practice in that state. But you will still benefit from what I'm able to say because it's going to be information that you then can take to your business law attorney in the state where you are. So I just want you to know it's still going to be beneficial, but it is geared towards South Carolina law at this point in time. But all of this should apply and, and be able to at least give you the ground rules to take to your business law attorney in your state. 
Gwen's exactly right. We need to have a team, um, and I think she's hit on this, that you need to have an attorney, you need to have an accountant, you need to have a commercial insurance agent, you need to I mean, it is a teamwork effort. And one of the things that, that I learned and I like to say is that when we do that, it keeps us working in our flame. Um, if we are working in what we are in business for, so if I'm in business as a plumber, and so when I work in plumbing, that's my flame. If I start trying to practice law or do taxes, I start melting in my wax. It's taking me a lot longer to do those tasks that are not my flame, and I'm not making money because I'm right. melting in my wax. So mm -hmm. I think that's the point to remember is that you always want to work in your flame. And when you have that team, think about it, they're all working in their flame. So no one's melting in their wax. Everybody's working in their element, in their flame, and they're doing what they know how to do and what they love doing, and it can make everyone successful that way. Talk about is is why would you why do I need to form an entity? I think if we just get down to basics, a lot of people say, why do I need an LLC or why do I need a corporation? The first and foremost reason is to protect yourselves from personal liability. If you don't have that entity and that provides you that shield of protection, then your personal assets are exposed if someone sues sues you. So it, first and foremost, it gives you that shield of armor. It can also, depending on if you're an appropriate entity to elect to be treated as an S-corporation, it can save you um, self-employment taxes. So first and foremost is, is protection from personal liability, and next is possibly the tax treatment. Um, I will be asked a lot of times, too, I'm a sole proprietor. Why do I need an entity? It's just me. Well, you need it if you want that protection. If you've worked hard and you've gained some assets, your home, your cars, maybe some investments, again, if you don't have an entity, then the target for the lawsuit is you. So all of your assets that you've gained, like that house, that car, those investments, they're all subject to that lawsuit. When you form an entity, you form a shield around yourself, and you put the entity out as the one to be sued, not you personally. So mm -hmm. it provides a layer of protection. You want to form it correctly. The next question I often hear is, you know, can I form it by myself? Do I really need an attorney? Well, in South Carolina, you can form it an LLC yourself. You can do it at home in your pajamas. But the question is, should you do that? I can tell you the answer is you should not. Um, I see them every day. I probably do more, and again, remember, I'm from the South. I do more fixing LLCs than I form LLCs because people have sat at home in their pajamas and, and formed them themselves. They have not made the right elections. They've not put the right information. And the worst part is, is that they usually have two pieces of paper, articles of organization that they filed with the Secretary of State, and they've gotten an EIN number from the IRS, and that's it. 
And you know how we talked about that protection? Well, having those two documents is not sufficient. Um, the courts here are starting to say, we gave you the ability to have protection without having to act like a huge corporation, but we didn't mean that you had to do nothing. You still have to act like a company to have the protection of a company. And so you should really have a series of other documents, an operating agreement, organizational minutes, unit certificates, a ledger, a seal, and those are all documents that are usually provided for you by an attorney. The bank, if you go to borrow money, the bank will ask for an operating agreement. Um, and tell me a little bit more I'll, about the operating, a little bit more. Go into a little more detail about what, the, what an operating agreement is. If, if we talk about, in, if we talk about corporate terms, because corporations and LLCs basically have the same protection. They're just different entities, and they use different language. And so probably the term that we're all more familiar with is bylaws mm -hmm. in a corporation. We've all heard that term for years. Yes. That's what an operating agreement is for a limited liability company or an LLC. So it provides the terms for your company. It's like your rule book. It tells you what the majority vote is, what the quorum is, how many people have to be present for a meeting, how do you hold a meeting, what's required, what's required as far as capital contributions. But the part I like the most is when we draft operating agreements, we include restrictions on ownership. And what I mean by that is that if you and someone else went into business together, because obviously you trust one another, if that other person decided to sell their interest in the company, you as the other owner could not do anything to stop them unless your operating agreement said that they could not do that. So when we draft operating agreements for our clients, we include those provisions in there to say, no owner can sell an interest in their company without first offering the interest to the company and the other owners. Only if they all know can they all can they sell it to someone outside of the company. Those we are benefits of having those. an attorney. Those are benefits of having an attorney where someone's looking out for you in the long term. You know, because if you are going into a partnership or agreement, uh, LLC with a friend or a partner or a family member or whatever, you're initially just so happy it's coming together. You know, the attorney right. will make you guys both think about the long term, if you want to dissolve the relationship, if a person passes. Those are things you don't talk about initially. You're just so busy getting together. But an attorney will bring those things back into focus for you and say, hey, we have to do this to protect both of you. And that's one of the benefits of that. Your attorney's going to be more honest with you about the facts, where you are all on emotional high with the business starting, correct? That is absolutely correct. When we go into business, we're thinking about the marriage, not the divorce. Mm -hmm. And you want to think about the divorce because it may come. So you've got to think about that business divorce and what happens. You've also got to think about death. Because if one person dies, their interest is going to pass according to their will or the laws of intestacy if they have a will. But again, that's something that you can control in that operating agreement to get around that. Um, 
that happens a lot. Some one of the owners will pass away, and the people that went into business together did so because they liked each other and trusted one another. But all of a sudden, the other owner of the business is the spouse of their of their friend and business mm-hmm. associate, or it might be the minor children who then have to do a procedure to have a conservator appointed. So there are so many things to think about. You know, what if I become disabled? What if I die? What if the other owner dies? What if the other owner gets divorced and the spouse gets awarded that asset in the divorce? So it's just good to, it is one of the functions that an attorney will perform is to do go through a lot of those what ifs and plan for them. Mm-hmm. Very good, very good. Talk a little bit more about, um, you know, as we go forward in the partnership, there are things you want to do. Hopefully your business is going to grow. And at some point in time, you may want to buy another business. You may want to buy assets from someone else. Uh, You may want to put, um, diversify. Um, What kind of things do you need to uh, be aware of and pitfalls and things your attorney can help you with as you try to grow and diversify your business? Maybe you want to have another location someplace else in the state or another part of the city or whatever. What kind of things do you need to think about in those cases? Let's talk about several points on that. First of all, you want to always maintain your company. So we talked about that formation, those formation documents that are so important to have that shield of armor. Mm -hmm. But that shield of armor can start slipping down if you don't maintain your company properly. So when you are doing those things that you just spoke about, you want to have those documented um, in a set of minutes. Um, They are called major transactions of your company. Say you bought a piece of property, you leased office space. You obtained a loan or a line of credit. Um, You may have bought a company car. Just anything in which you've signed a legal document, you want to make sure that that's protected because, again, you don't want that shield of armor to slip down. You want to always have that protection up. That comes into play, too, if you want to sell your business because that affects the value of your business. If your company is up to date, the records are up to date, the actions are in place, that can add value to your company. A lot of it on buying and selling, too, depends on whether you're the buyer or the seller. Um, Mm -hmm. And it will walk you through that process. A lot of times if you're the buyer, you probably don't want to buy the ownership interest company because you can take on the liability, tax and legal. So a lot of times as the buyer, I recommend that clients buy the assets instead of the entity itself and then form their own entity to own those assets. The other thing you want to think about is you you want to separate your liability. So, you you know, you have one company and the purpose maybe it was to operate a, a particular type of business, and then you decide you want to buy some investment property, and then you want to open another business. You do not want to have all three of those businesses in one entity. You want to have three separate entities for that. One, they may be treated differently for tax purposes. But the most important reason is you don't want to give a person one target to hit because if one business gets sued and they're all owned by the same entity, 
they are going to sue that entity, and you could stand to lose all three businesses. If they're in different entities, the suit would only be against the one entity. And even if they took everything that business owned, that entity owned, you'd still have your two other companies. So kind of the, the the vernacular, I think that's easy to remember, is don't put all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, yeah, that's that's something, some, definitely some things to think about. Um, you know, what I've seen a lot of with um, especially small businesses and uh, some of these businesses that have been in families for 20, 30 years, and we talked a little bit about, um, you know, um, uh, what do you do at a period of time where your person may pass away, but... With that being said, could go a little bit more into how you handle that in terms of wills and um, your trust and things of that nature for a family. I understand I've seen a situation where a family pretty much came bankrupt um, when the principal passed, and it took them so much time and effort and money to try to get everything straightened out. The trust was, you know, a little messed up and all of that. And they basically lost the company trying to get it straight out because it was definitely should have been theirs. It was no um, contest about it being theirs, but just it wasn't the paperwork wasn't done properly. The will and the trust wasn't handled properly. Right, and that's something that every business owner should have in place. Whether you're a single member LLC or the single owner of a company, or whether you know there are multiples. You want to have your estate planning documents in place. And the estate planning documents include financial powers of attorney. So that's a document that you're still alive, but you're incapacitated either mentally or physically to the point where you can't handle your own affairs. And you are naming who you want to step into your shoes and handle those affairs for you. One of those affairs is going to be your interest in that business. That is so important because if you're the only one on that business bank account, the bank is going to shut down upon your death. They're not going to shut down that account. They will not allow access until someone has been appointed. And so you want, that could be in terms of incapacity or death. So having that financial power of attorney during your life, you've named the person that you want to step in and run that business as well as to handle all of your other financial affairs. And the other document in along the same lines is your last will estimate. That's the document that you've passed away, you've died, and you're naming who you want to have your assets and who you want to probate your estate. So again, very important for to have those documents because if you die without a will, the intestacy laws of your state are going to determine who gets your assets, including the interest in your business, and who probates your estate. And it takes longer. I've got one, as a matter of fact, I was working on it today, where the person, a business owner, died without a will, and there are 22 testate heirs. Wow. And every time we do something in that estate, we have to give 22 notices and obtain 22 signatures. Um, I think our common denominator fraction on that estate was one over 262. Hmm. So just because the interests are, are different based on who they are, whether or not they're a sister or a nephew or a cousin, or because it, it goes down bloodlines and intestacy, at least in South Carolina. So that's something that can prolong the estate. 
This was not a, a huge estate, but it has taken thousands of dollars to be able to probate it just because they didn't have a will and didn't have that planning in place. Um, and that can be detrimental to your business. You, your mm-hmm. business, as you know, it has to keep going every day. So it doesn't have a, a pause button to wait mm-hmm. on affairs to order. Um, customers are going to go away. And so you want that transition to be nice and easy, and the way to do that is through proper estate planning to have that in place. That is just so important. I've seen several situations where that has been the downfall of the company, where you know successful companies actually, and um, perhaps generally um, family-owned or whatever. And but that 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 piece of paper wasn't done. That will wasn't done. Um, the things were not handled properly. So. Uh, the business just basically went away, and it was just sad because that was a legacy for the for the owners who had worked so hard and the family and all that. And we don't want to talk about that. We don't want to um, look at that reality, but that's something I want to really, really encourage you business owners to please start thinking about now and make preparations to take care of that because you would hate to see your hard work, your blood, sweat, and tears, and we worked that hard for your family, um, and then they're not able to uh, benefit from it. So that's also another um, situation that I, I think I see and I think it needs to be taken care of. Um, I want to ask you, we have a little bit of time left, I want to kind of talk to you briefly about uh, in terms of, you know, people are concerned about lawyers. You know, some of you guys, I know you, I know you can, but there are some people who have questionable reputations. Um, um, some people just don't trust the process of anybody knowing that much about their business. Um, so it's always a little issue there. Um, but I've known most attorneys I've been involved with, to be honest, and, and I could trust them. They can tell me um, some uh, things I didn't want to hear and make me think about some hard things, which I think is great. What do you do if you come into a situation where you think that may be the case, where you're not getting the best information from your attorney, um, they're not giving you the kind of attention you will need or want, um, you're, not, you're questioning their loyalty? What, how do you handle that portion of it? I think it's important to, if if you have any of those red flags, it it may be important to switch attorneys. And I think to find the attorney that's right for you, it's it's probably the best way is to talk to someone else who's used that attorney. You know, talk to, be be part of a business networking group where, Mm -hmm. you know, other similar businesses as yours and you can talk and, and learn from each other and so possibly even refer business to one another. But usually if you can get in some type of business networking group like that, you you become like family to each other. And I think from that usually get really good referrals to um, that team that we were talking about, usually a mm-hmm. business law uh, CPA, commercial insurance, you know, payroll services, so many of those um, marketing, I mean, web design. We have a team that we tend to use all the time. Like if, if a client doesn't have somebody for, you know, one of those elements, then I will always recommend and say, call this person, see if y'all, you know, if your personalities mix, you know, and, and jail, because that makes a difference too. 
but it, it's so important to have that team. And it's great, too, if your team knows one another. Um, for my clients, a lot of times I'm working to where they've given us permission to talk, and so I can talk directly to their CPA. If we have a question about something they want to do from a, you know, a change they want to make to their company, then I'm looking at from a legal aspect, but I want the CPA to look at it from a tax consequences point of view. And when they give us permission, it's wonderful because we can get on the phone either just ourselves or with the client and have those conversations because I can say legally you could do it this way or this way. But from a tax standpoint, it, you know, there might be a clear decision one way or the other. So let's get that person involved. We do that with insurance too. A lot of times, you know, I'm always recommending that if you're using a, a company vehicle, a truck or a car in the company, from a liability standpoint, I like for it to be owned by the company because, again, you're not giving yourself as a target for a lawsuit if you own it personally. But the commercial insurance agent may say, oh, my goodness, the insurance will be outrageous. I understand it from a liability, but we've also got to look at it from a premium standpoint because you've just got to have great information from your team to be able to make informed decisions. That's right, and that's a good thing about having that, that kind of information. Kim, I thank you so much for this information you've given us tonight. We really, really appreciate it. Um, I want you to tell everyone how to reach out to you. They have a question or whatever, how they can, how they, how they can find you on website, social media, email, that sort of thing. Absolutely. Um, my website is um, Kimberly A. Raber, so K-I-M-B-E-R-L-Y-A-R-A-B-E-R.com. And email is kraber at bellsouth.net. Phone number is 803-779-2266. And it has truly been a pleasure to be on the show today. I really have enjoyed having you here. Like I said, I have um, refreshed you. have refreshed my mind some things I need to do. <laughs> I have to admit it. I have to do I have not done. You told me to do it before, and I haven't done it. So I'm going to get back on that. You'll be here from me next week. Um, but thank you again so much for this because this is the basic stuff. I, I, it's so important for us to bring you information that's going to be helpful and beneficial to grow your business and greatness. And these are just some things you have to do in the process. Um, we love all the wonderful uh, names and, and all the uh, marketing things we can do and, and, and being pleasant and that sort of thing. But we got to take care of the business of the business. We have to do that. It's important that we do that. We want to start the year out talking about the things you need to do to get to prepare your business for greatness because we expect some wonderful things to happen this year. We expect some great clients, some um, new opportunities for you this year, but you have to be prepared to get to take them and to do the, deal with them. So thank you so much for your for listening. We'll be back next week. We'll talk about um, some other Black History Month things and some financial things next week, next month. But uh, please tune in next Monday. We're looking forward to talking with you. Kim, once again, thank you so much. And you know my thing. It's Monday. Go out and just be great. Thank you. Have a good evening. It's Growing in Greatness radio show with host Gwendolyn Singletary. We want to be your source for reliable, relevant, and informative strategies that disrupt the norm and to help ambitious achievers grow in greatness. Don't miss it. Mondays at 6 p.m. right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Achievers grow in greatness. Greatness, greatness, greatness.